So we began to talk to the trickle of customers that we gotten through WordPress directory and we learned why they chose us. Um, it's because they think we're dead simple to use um, compared to uh, everything else out there. And once when they find, find Cozy Cow, they just feel it's so much more straightforward and intuitive to use that they decide to stick with us. This is the What Works Podcast, and I'm your host, Tara McMullen. If you want to build a business that can stand the test of time, you need to figure out what works for you and your small company. That's why every week I talk with real small business owners about what's really working for them. I want to help you fill in all the details of how others do what they do so you can fill in the details that work for you. This week, my guests are Chris Tan and Kat Liu. Kat and Chris are the co-founders of Cozy Cow. They're bootstrapping this online scheduling tool startup together as a couple from Vancouver, Canada. Now, before working on Cozy Cow full-time and moving back to the beautiful Pacific Northwest, Kat was a life science consultant working at a Fortune 500 company, while Chris was working as a developer for a digital art startup in New York. They're building Cozy Cow as the easiest way to let people schedule with you directly on your website, while helping small businesses build stronger relationships with their clients. I found out about Cozy Cow when Kat joined CoCommercial, and I fell in love with her approach to customer service and organic marketing. I wanted to hear more about how she and Chris are using unconventional channels to make inroads in a fairly crowded market. We chat about why they thought the world needed another scheduling tool, how they've used the WordPress plugin directory to find new users, how they've partnered with other small business owners to expand their reach, and how onboarding users has helped them win customers for life. Let's find out what works for Chris Tan and Kat Liu. Chris Tan and Kat Liu, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Thank Kara. you, Tara. Thanks for having us on your show. Absolutely. All right. So at CoCommercial, there seems to be kind of an endless conversation about which scheduling tool is the one to use. Uh, so why did you guys think that the world needed another scheduling tool? Or maybe, Chris, this is a good place for you to start off. Why did you think the world needed another scheduling tool? Um, well, I think that scheduling is such a broad space. Uh, there's just so many different types of schedulers out there. Um, and every every customer has their own preference in in what they value. Um, and for us, we actually didn't enter into this space through market research or or anything clever. Um, one of my high school friends, who's a naturopathic practitioner, was asking me to help her set up a scheduler on her website. And uh, to be honest, I just looked around and I didn't see anything that was easy enough to use. Uh, everything kind of required a developer at that time. And um, I thought maybe I could do a little bit better. Um, so started working on it on the side. And then, um, yeah, we eventually found some users. So I think once we gained some momentum, we just continued to improve it based on user feedback. And uh, maybe maybe Kat can go ahead and tell us, like, um, say, say why sure. uh, people like to use us. Yeah, sure. So we began to talk to the trickle of customers that we gotten through WordPress directory, and we learned why they chose us. Um, it's because they think we're dead simple to use um, compared to uh, everything else out there. Because many of the um, users that are using Cozy Cow are solopreneurs or small business owners who have limited bandwidth to hire someone who's more professional to take take 
take care of their website. So they're kind of just exploring the options out there on their own. And once when they find, find Cozy Cow, they just feel it's so much more straightforward and intuitive to use that they decide to stick with us. So, and I think that's also our goal for Cozy Cow because it's such a broad market because there are a lot of competitions out there and to really pierce through the noise and differentiate ourselves, we want to be a very simple, friendly, user-friendly scheduling tool for people such as, you know, solopreneurs and small business owners to use, to generate leads and to grow. Gotcha. Well, that makes complete sense. And also, I can imagine that leads to some sort of product development challenges, because if your goal is to be dead simple and user friendly, then that probably means you're not layering on all sorts of features all the time, um, which I imagine could have its limitations too. And I was going to wait until later in the conversation to, to broach this topic, but now seems like the perfect time, actually. Um, Kat, you had written an article uh, for Indie Hackers about the, the sort of the power dynamics, the power struggles in a husband and wife startup team. And some of those power struggles really revolved around that product development piece. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if you can speak to sort of how that, how that power dynamic works or how that relationship dynamic works, but specifically in regards to trying to stick to that strategy of being that go-to dead, simple, user-friendly type of tool. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, definitely. So I think for me, so this kind of, uh, I have to answer it tracing back to the backgrounds that Chris and I are coming from. Sure. So Chris is, uh, you know, he is a self-taught developer and he has worked with a couple of startups prior to starting Cozy Cow. So he's very familiar with the product development cycle of uh, SaaS business. Um, but for me, I come from a healthcare consulting background. So, you know, everything in the tech world has been really new to me. So I'm used to meeting hard set deadlines, fulfilling clients requests and following my manager's orders. So you can tell there is kind of difference in our working styles there. So while Chris, he prefers to stick with a, um, you know, a vision um, and prefers to have flexibility in product development timeline, I prefer to, you know, build every feature that our clients are asking, really. And I prefer to stick with deadlines for each feature on the roadmap. Um, so I think there, there you can tell there is a difference in our working styles, which also gives rise to the power in kind of power struggle between us. So for me, I have to learn how to give Chris the flexibility and the time for him to figure out how long the features will take and which feature to take prioritize to become prioritized because we only have one developer which is him and for me I need to kind of make sure that I lay out everything on the calendar on a reasonable uh in, in a reasonable way so so which keep both of us focused um but not uh but not you know going all over the place trying to meet all the client's demands does that make sense yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, maybe Chris, can you talk us through um, how you guys decide on that sort of product development roadmap? Um, you don't necessarily need to tell us all the, the cool stuff that's coming up, although if you want to, that's totally fine. <laughs> but I'm more curious about sort of your thought process, the strategy behind it, because uh, I think that'll actually lead us really well into the marketing side of the conversation then too. 
Sure. I, I don't think that... Um, so when we started working together, we were both pretty much um, just walking around blindly, I would say. Um, and eventually, I think we're, we're still learning, uh, but we, we're learning more and more every day. And, um, you know, once we got Kat on board, um, I think before that we were deciding on, on what to do, kind of like based on guesswork. We didn't have that much data to go off of. We didn't have that many people asking us to build a certain feature. Um, so that was that was when it was quite difficult to decide because we were both trying to say, like, I have this gut feeling and um, I think feature A should be really important. And then, you know, maybe the other one would be saying, like, feature B is really important. So I think, like, in terms of, uh, like, how we've changed over the last few months is that now we have a little bit more insight into what our customers actually want. And we still have, like, little arguments and, and whatnot about um, interpreting these these requests. But at the end of the day, I think it's much easier for us to come to like an agreement on on what's important because um, you know when when users are asking for something, um, it's pretty pretty clear that we should just build it and then not do too much imagining on like what they they might want in the future. Mm, gotcha. And how do you decide? Um, or how do you set deadlines for yourself? I'm just curious, like how, <laughs> you know, when you're thinking, cause I'm sure they're asking for lots of different things mm -hmm. or, you know, cause everyone has a different use case. Right. And so they're one person wants this one person wants that. How do you decide which of those user generated requests are going to come first and then how long each of those things are going to take? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, we don't actually have a, a great way to do that right now, but um, something that we we have tried or we're trying at the moment is um, a another software as a service uh, called Canny. So Canny's basically kind of like um, a feature request board, a a product roadmap uh, for your users. So your users actually sign into it and then just add requests, vote them up or down, um, and just give you their feedback. So that's something that we're trying to do um, in in terms of figuring out the timelines. Um, so I've been a developer for maybe like eight years, and I just every single time I, I try to create a an estimation, it usually ends up being uh, going over time. So I try to be a little bit more conservative when I'm I'm estimating how long it will take me. Um, and that that's probably one area where we kind of get into some like discussion. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think in terms of estimating for me, I just write lots of lists. Um, I try to split the tasks down into smaller tasks and then those tasks into even smaller tasks. And then um, once I have kind of like an overview of, of the, the entire problem, I'll, I'll just say, okay, I'll just stamp a time on it and say, you know, it, it might take a month or it might take two months. Gotcha. All right. Awesome. Let's shift gears a little bit into sort of the marketing or maybe a better way to think about it is even distribution uh, that you're using for Cozy Cow because you guys have pursued some unusual routes. You're not just plastering Facebook ads everywhere. Um, one of them you already actually mentioned, and that's where I'd like to start, which is the WordPress plugin directory. So you're actually bringing in new users 
through, um, you know, this plugin directory that I've been using for the last 10 years. I mean, I know, you know, I know what it's like to search for a plugin and find something cool. And, you know, um, you know, maybe it becomes part of your everyday workflow. And that seems to be working for you guys. So how did you discover that that was going to be a good client acquisition channel for you? And was it a conscious strategy? Or did you kind of fall into success in that channel? So I think this was definitely not like a, a strategy per se. I, I kind of follow, I used to listen to a podcast called Startups for the Rest of Us. And I heard this tip from Rob Walling that, uh, you know, the WordPress plugin directory is a great way to, to kind of get your earliest traction. Um, so we still have a lot of users who sign up through the WordPress plugin directory. And um, yeah, I think, I think it was more kind of like just trying random things and then that was probably the only thing that worked early on. Um, I don't. I think that if we hadn't built that integration, then um, we probably wouldn't be, you know, maybe be working on a different idea, um, just because we wouldn't have gotten those like steady trickle of early users um, to give us feedback and then improve the product and keep it going. Gotcha. And so when people find you in that WordPress directory. Are they able to sign up for free? Are you immediately closing them as a new paying customer? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think one of the um, the terms of uh, being in the WordPress plugin directory is that you need, like, if you're if you're selling a SaaS, then you need to have a freemium plan. Mm. Um, so that that is one thing that's tricky. So um, just to keep in mind, like, like the people who come in through WordPress may not be the the easiest to convert. But just having that steady trickle of users is like just having that uh, the eyes and ears is is so important just to to get um I guess to to get your metrics right. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So, what are you doing then once someone signs up at the free level? What are you doing to get them into that premium level so that your freemium model actually works? Uh, maybe maybe Kat could answer that. That's, um, <laughs> yeah, something that we've been working on the last few months. Yeah, sure. I, I think this has to kind of tie into uh, Intercom, um, which I, I think really made a huge difference for us because um, in, because prior to Intercom, we're using Zendesk and, you know, it's just, it's a more passive channel of communication between us and the customers. We have to wait for them to send an email to us and then we send the email back. So there's no real-time communication. But with Intercom, we are able to not just to talk to users in real time and gather feedback, but also we're able to um, build this onboarding campaign. So this, what, what is this onboarding campaign? It's basically auto messages that are being actually, sent. Yes. Kat, can I pause you there for a second and just yeah. have you explain what Intercom actually is? Because it's a thing that our <laughs> listeners are probably using at least on a weekly basis, but they probably have no idea that it's this huge company that's building these chat widgets that everyone's totally. using now. So can you talk a little bit about that first? Yeah. So Intercom is a SaaS company um, that offers a uh, chat. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call it, it's a bot, but it's it's basically a chat, a chat app that you can install on your website or within the app to talk to users in real time. And their vision is to make business interaction more personal. 
And it's in fact, we note we start to notice there are a lot of copycats of Intercom popping up on the internet right now, which is interesting. You can see that there is definitely a shifting trend uh, in this personal interaction between users and SaaS businesses, which is you know which used to not be the case. So that yeah. is what Intercom is. Awesome, cool. Now tell us how you're using that for onboarding because mm-hmm. I'm super interested in that. Yeah. So. So one thing I mentioned is that they they allow real time chat, but another thing on the back end um, for intercom users is that they allow um, people to build this onboarding campaign and send auto messages at specified time points. So, for example, if our trial uh, period is ten days, then on the first day they will receive both welcome message in the app and through their email. And then on the second day, they will receive examples of how our other users are using CozyCal to um, to generate leads and boost their growth. And then on halfway through the trial, we will remind them that you know there are additional features that they can explore, such as payment integration or Zapier integration that they can play around with. And then last or the day before the trial ends, we will prompt them to consider upgrading to the pro plan. So I think having this onboarding campaign really makes a huge difference to us. And I know many other uh, business owners out there also use Drip or ConvertKit to do such things. But for us, Intercom provides us a platform that allows us to do both the onboarding process as well as the real-time chat. So we really appreciate how those two features can be combined into one package. Yeah, I love that. And so the with the real time chat, are you sitting there nine to five, like man in that <laughs> chat? Or what do, <laughs> how are you handling that as the customer support person? Yeah, so we both have intercom installed on our phones as well. So Oh geez. <laughs> so I, I think I mentioned this before at another co-commercial uh, webinar. We Chris and I respond to our customers' requests faster on intercom than we respond to each other's text message. It can get addictive <laughs> because solving people's problems just give you such great satisfaction. So um so yeah, so intercom is just you you can we attend to customer uh, request pretty much once they arise because we don't get hit with these um, chat messages all the time. So once when they arise, we try to capture whether it's a lead or a existing users problems. We try to address them uh, whenever possible. Gotcha. So I, I think that also helps to um, to kind of nurture our relationship with our leads and with our customers because they feel, hey, those guys are always there. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I love when I get to know the people behind the software that I use. It makes me so happy. So yeah, I think Intercom is an awesome tool. Um, How is that? You mentioned leads. How's that working for you on the lead generation side or the kind of the acquisition side, as opposed to once someone's already signed up? Have you... Have you noticed it helping out with turning more potential people into actual new users? Or is it just sort of like a nice to have? Chris, do you want to talk about that? Sure, sure. Um, I think so far it's probably 90, maybe 95% customer support. Uh, so people who okay. have already um, you know, created an account and then maybe 5% leads. So 5, 5% of people who are on our website, on our marketing site, and, and just clicking around and have some questions to ask before they, they click the sign up button. But for those 5%, I think it works quite well. Um, if, you're, if they're on the site 
while they, uh, they, they ask the question, then they'll get a reply on the site. And if they uh, are about to leave, then we'll ask for their email or intercom will ask for their email and we will be able to follow up via their email. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. So let's go back to these kind of more unusual distribution and marketing channels that you guys have used and or are using. Um, you mentioned, of course, when in our pre-interview that you're not happy with just one uh, distribution channel, one marketing channel, acquisition channel for Cozy Cal. Um, and so you're actively looking at different ways that you can bring in new users. And one of them has been partnering with other small business owners, small business owners who have an audience of people who are perfect Cozy Cow users. Um, why go down the partnership route? And can you talk us through what those partnerships actually look like, how you're managing that process and sort of what some of those results, uh, initial results are? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a stab at that. Awesome. So so we've only started working on Cozy Cow full time for about 10 months. And, you know, learning to run a business takes time and building a successful SaaS business takes maybe up to three to five years, especially in, in, a, uh, in a more competitive space. So we still feel like we're beginners and we're mm -hmm. trying out different marketing tactics and see which ones stick on the wall. And I think when it comes to uh, doing partnership, before, when we when Cozy Cow was still in the early stage, where we don't feel confident of reaching out to people to have them help us to co-promote the product, uh, we were just kind of relying solely on the WordPress directory channel. But now, when the product is more mature and we're also beginning to pick up traction and getting all these positive feedback, we were thinking, okay, maybe this is a time where we can try partnership or affiliate programs. So actually, the first. Um, partnership that I did was was with James who reached out to me uh, from co-commercial and so he is the owner of systems matter and um, when he used our product and he felt well this is great because cozy cow can integrate with um, small businesses operation and their workflows perfectly since scheduling is part of a lot of service uh, service uh, service-based providers uh, daily operations. So we co-hosted a webinar together teaching people how to consistently generate customers uh, through a systematized uh, workflow. And the webinar went really well. It's well-received. And we both, uh, you know, acquired uh, lead, warm leads through this partnership opportunity. And another partnership that I did recently was also with another co-commercial, uh, <laughs> co-commercial community member, co-commercial is awesome guys. Um, so she is um, the host of a podcast called Second Break um, and it's Low Blazer. It's Low Blazer's uh, podcast. So I did a podcast episode with her. She interviewed me. And so I thought that was also a great partnership opportunity as well, because we both have similar target audiences. So I think just through doing these different partnerships, I get to learn how things work and how other businesses run their co-promotion programs. And also for us to gain more exposure, uh, you know, among a bigger pool of potential leads. And so, so right now we have sort of this kind of, um, like less organized affiliate program going on. Uh, it's not working super well. I'm just manually kind of tracking 
uh, referrals on an Excel spreadsheet, but we feel once when uh, things pick up a little bit more and we're getting more referrals um, through through these partnership opportunities, we're going to try to automate it and using some kind of you know SaaS to make it a more uh, refined and more streamlined affiliate program. Very cool. I'm so glad that you share that you're just tracking it on an Excel spreadsheet right now. <laughs> Because I think a lot of people want to explore that kind of referral marketing, affiliate marketing, joint venture, call it what you will. Um, But there seems to be a barrier of entry around technology Mm -hmm. or the platforms that people are using. And it doesn't have to be so complicated to, you know, at least initially when you're testing things out and doing some experiments. And so just really love your perspective on that and and how you're approaching it. It makes a ton of sense. Uh, What other options are you guys exploring or experimenting with or considering? experimenting with for getting cozy cal in front of more people um so i think like cat's doing a great job of of outreach and uh finding so many of just random i think uh promotion opportunities and like partnership opportunities and uh, for me i'm not uh, i'm not as much of a like, as a social person like online and and um, i pretty much just sit back in my chair and then build features so <laughs> So, um, yeah, so what we're doing right now is to look for uh, more integration. So basically, um, we have a WordPress integration, we have a Zapier integration, um, and then now I'm starting to work on a Clio integration. So I think that right now, it's very interesting because there's so many different SaaS products out there, and it's becoming more and more common knowledge for, for businesses to, to start using them start using them. And I think that the next step is like you have really polished tools for each use case and then to be able to integrate them into, you know, each other, just like to combine them in like very unique and useful ways. Um, so we're, we're just going to, I think we're just going to continue to do that. Like I'll be continuing to make more and more integrations um, because we are in kind of like a broad category. I guess that is a pro where we can um, integrate into other broad um, categories of software. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's where we're headed next. That's awesome. I think that, well, you know, uh, being, having been in this business for as long as I have at this point, like I can remember back when literally nothing talked no programs that you use talk to each other, right? And we were constantly totally. looking for ways to streamline things. And I think it is absolutely amazing the things that we can do today where this thing can talk to this thing and this thing can talk to this thing. And nothing gets me, ex- well, some things get me more excited. But when it comes to <laughs> software, nothing gets me more excited than pieces of software, talking to other pieces of software. And so I think looking at that as actually a marketing opportunity, as a client or customer acquisition opportunity for you guys makes so much Mm -hmm. sense. And it's, I I think it's really unusual. It's not where people's brains, especially in maybe more of the service oriented world uh, Mm -hmm. would look because, you know, it's just, it doesn't sound like marketing. Um, But I think it's potentially a great lesson for people to just look at how do we make our program or how do we make our our product uh, more visible in all the ways people want it to be visible? Not the way we want it to be visible, but the way they want it to be visible, right? They want that answer to their problem to just show up while they're doing the work, right? And it sounds like that's exactly how you guys are positioning the product. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, 
thinking toward uh, the the rest of this year, as you you guys mentioned, you're you're really still just in the the beginning stages of what's possible for Cozy Cal. I know you've got some big uh, things rolling out. Like uh, I think there's a higher level tier coming out soon. Do you want to tell <laughs> us kind of feature wise what we can look forward to with Cozy Cal or what you guys are working on? Yeah, Chris, want to go for it? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so. Uh, Right now, our software is pretty basic, and um, I think it meets a lot of simple needs. But we we don't actually have support for teams at the moment. So all of our users are individuals. And I think that the, the main reason that we did that is because the individual, you know, the individual's needs are a subset of the team's needs. So we wanted to get individual the individual features working really well before we even um, start took a stab at supporting teams. Um, so that's what we're we're going to be building next, uh, because there's there's actually quite a few people who wanted to use us, but you know, once they said uh, we have you know three people, we have five people, we have ten people, then we're just like we can't, we we wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to prov- provide the right amount of support. We wouldn't be able to to actually um, give them what they need. So um, yeah, that's that's coming up next, um, and we're we're looking for for more people to to beta test. Um, this feature, I think in the next two to three months. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I think we are signed up to beta test that (laughs) for you, which I'm very excited about. Um, It's always fun to be able to use products that are created by our community members and and by people who are just, you know, circling in our orbit. I I love that. So, yeah, I just want to thank you guys again for a great conversation and for kind of exploring some unusual avenues with us from, you know, being a husband and wife team to marketing your product through unconventional channels to um, really looking at product development from that uh, simple but feature rich perspective. Um, so thank you for sharing what works for you, for you guys at Cozy Cal. Thanks so much, Tara. Thank you so much, Tara. Find out more about Cozy Cal at CozyCal.com. What Works is brought to you by CoCommercial. Okay, so what exactly is CoCommercial? CoCommercial is a social network, event producer, and support hub, especially for small business owners in the digital space. We know you want to turn the business you've started into something that will stand the test of time, provide for you and your family, and help your customers transform their lives or work. We connect you to people who get the obstacles you're facing as an entrepreneur. We produce events to educate, connect, and inspire you on your journey. We're a community of business owners who help you find creative solutions to your unique challenges without reinventing the wheel. Here's how it works. Step one, join co-commercial. Step two, share a challenge, obstacle, question, or setback you're currently facing in your business. Step three, get personalized answers from a diverse community of experienced business owners. Step four, never waste time on Google or Facebook trying to find answers for your business again. We're not another online course. We're not a free group where you get lost in a sea of self-promotion. We're not a cut and paste template for doing business online. And we're not aiming to teach you a hundred new things you don't have time for. We're here to support you on your journey. We hope you get back on track and back to running, managing, and growing your business as quickly as possible. No fluff, 
Just personalized, just-in-time answers to your biggest and smallest questions. Ready to give it a try? Request your invitation to the network today. Go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. If you love getting a behind-the-scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. What Works is produced by Rosie Medius and edited by Marty Seafelt. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs, and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.